Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. It's a pleasure to be here. Still flying a little bit solo here behind the scenes as Oz is still recuperating and uh, recovering um she's much much better uh but still not completely back to to normal so anyway good to be here thanks for joining us email todd at toddashow.com facebook twitter instagram well not instagram we we're on instagram but we don't stream there youtube so long as these folks of course allow us to stream on their platforms and it's a pleasure to be here this morning. So let's look at, you know, we've in, we impeached, not you and I, but this nation impeached President Trump twice, right? Remember this? Again, Democrats always fishing for headlines, fishing for talking points, fishing for narratives. They want to be able to say that Trump's the only president in history that's been impeached twice. This is just, I mean, this guy was so terrible. Republicans were protecting this guy we were on the verge of collapsing and turning into a socialistic regime it's a miracle that we made it through those years it's a miracle trump didn't nuke north korea on his way out of office remember nancy pelosi wanted to take the codes from him and all these sorts of things all that drama the dramacrats again perhaps my favorite term for describing these folks who oppose President Trump and the opposition party when they're not in power. Now they're the party in power, and they still govern by drama. They still legislate by by drama. But if you want to know what a real, what do you want to say, a, a, a real legitimate um, impeachable offense would look like, it's what we're seeing unfold again with Afghanistan and our president's um, complete, I, I, again, words fail me to describe just how pathetic and incompetent or some people think deliberately. It, it doesn't even, it doesn't matter because what we need to measure are, are the results here. And these results are absolutely positive, uh, positively, unequivocally disastrous. We've gone through this a lot here uh, the past few days, the past few weeks. Headline here, this is a Reuters story exclusive before Afghan collapse. Biden pressed Ghani, that's the president, <clears throat> excuse me, of Afghanistan, get President Ghani to quote change perception. To change perception. 
Here it is, Washington, August 31st. Reuters in the last call between U.S. President Joe Biden and his Afghanistan counterpart before the Taliban seized control of the country. The leaders discussed military aid, political strategy, and messaging tactics, but neither Biden nor Ashraf Ghani appeared aware of or prepared for the immediate danger of the entire country falling to insurgents, a transcript, a transcript reviewed by Reuters shows. The men spoke for roughly 14 minutes on July 23rd. On August 15th, Ghani fled the presidential palace and the Taliban entered Kabul. So this call was on July 23rd, a little over a month ago, about five weeks ago which is an eternity, as we've learned, in the Biden administration. I mean, that here we are, we're seven and a half months in, and this dumpster fire is not just in Afghanistan. It's all across this nation as, as well. I mean, it is a, unbelievable the amount of damage these folks cause in a matter of months, seven and a half months. You know, if you are... We have we have three children. They're a little bit older now, but I remember the days when you would count, you know, how many weeks, how many weeks pregnant uh, we were with our children. Full term is what nine nine months, forty weeks, forty weeks. Biden is not hasn't even gone full term in that regard yet. The amount of damage that can be done, and and if you think about it, I mean, you effectively. Um, in roughly, I'm, I'm, I'm ballparking here. You go through five, you would go through five 40 month (laughs) pregnancy terms in, in a four year presidency, 200 weeks, roughly. I'm, I'm again, these are ballpark figures here. So we're 20%, not even 20%, probably closer to 15% of the way through, uh, this guy's first term and yikes and wowzers. And this is just I, I don't even want to know what tomorrow holds as far as it is, you know, as far as uh, what Biden and the Democrats can cause to happen here in this country. But the call was July 23rd, about five weeks ago. And then about three or so weeks later, on August 15th, Ghani fell or fled, excuse me, the presidential palace. And he, I guess you could say he fell from power. He's technically still the president, but he's not – I mean, this this place is being run by the, the Taliban. So the story continues here. Since then, tens of thousands of desperate Afghans have fled, and 13 U.S. troops and scores of Afghan civilians were killed in a suicide bombing at the Kabul airport during the frenetic U.S. military evacuation. Reuters reviewed a transcript of the call of the presidential, excuse me, of the presidential phone call and has listened to the audio to authenticate the conversation. The materials were provided on condition of anonymity by a source who was not authorized to distribute it. So this is something leaked from somebody in Team Biden in the White House somewhere, somewhere there. In the call, Biden offered aid if Ghani could publicly project he had a plan to control the spiraling situation in Afghanistan. Quote, this is what Biden said. We will continue to provide close air support if we know what the plan is, Biden said. Days before the call, the U.S. carried out airstrikes 
to support Afghan security forces, a move the Taliban said was in violation of the Doha peace agreement. (laughs) The Taliban now citing the peace agreement is, I mean, ironic at best here. But anyway, the U.S. president also advised Ghani to get buy-in from powerful Afghans for a military strategy going forward and then put a, quote, warrior in charge of the effort, a reference to Defense Minister General Bismillah Khan Mohadami. Um, Biden lauded the Afghan armed forces, which were trained and funded by the U.S. He said, quote, you clearly have the best military. You have 300,000 well-armed forces versus the seventy to 80,000 you had previously. So again, sorry, my, my screen reset there. There it is. Um, yeah, versus the seventy to 80,000, and they're clearly capable of fighting well. Days later, the Afghan military started folding across the provincial capitals in the country with little fight against the Taliban. And much of the call, and I think this is, this is where we want to settle here, and this is, again, this is all that matters. I said this yesterday before I even saw this, and you know this. This is all that matters to Biden to the Dramacrats, and to the radical left. This is all that matters. This is perception. Because it says here in much of the call, Biden focused on what he called the Afghan government's perception problem. This is another thing he said to President Ghani. I need need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan. I believe is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there is a need. Again, this is Biden talking to Ghani. There is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Remember those words. There is a need to project a different picture. Picture. If you want to know what's being said behind closed doors in the Biden administration, it is this. There is a need to project a different picture. When we look at the Afghanistan debacle, when they have meetings in the Biden administration, they are saying to one another behind closed doors, there is a need to project a different picture. When Biden came out to the podium, a couple of nights ago, a couple of afternoons ago, because bedtime apparently hits Biden's schedule quicker than it hit President Trump's. But when they were preparing for that speech, the speech writers and Biden, to whatever degree he actually has anything to, to, to say uh, as far as shaping the messaging, which based upon how he talks at press conferences, which is I'm not supposed to answer questions. They tell me not to do this and that is probably next to zero, if not zero. But the message that was going on prior to his walking out out to the podium to talk about Afghanistan on Tuesday, the message that they talked about behind closed doors was how much there was a need to project a different picture, a need to project a different picture. That is what... These folks are focused on. Now, I want to pause 
I want to pause because, so this is where it gets to me. Oh, this is now, now we, we've, we've circled it. Now we're at the meat of the issue, right? When you look at political theory, the role of government, the problems we have with different, different people in positions of, of authority, whether that be president or uh, different legislators or whatever, governors, this is the number one focus, right? The need to project maybe not always a different picture, but a certain picture, a, a picture that is favorable to you, right? And your administration or your your you know senator's office or your congressman's office, whatever, you want to be able to project a message or a picture that is favorable because first and foremost, first and foremost, and this would go for virtually all politicians in power today. I'm not going to say 100%, but it's darn close to that number. In their minds, the first job that they have to accomplish is to get reelected. Now, to a certain extent, that is a practical... I, th- there's a practical aspect of that, right? Especially for uh, a, a congressman who's constantly campaigning because they're just serving two-year terms. I mean, we are halfway through almost, not exactly, but halfway through this Congress. Not quite. I don't want to get your hopes too much up. But that's why everything right now is about projecting a, an image, projecting a picture a different picture if you're the Democrats because they see what's coming. They see what's over the horizon. They see a political shellacking that is materializing, that is coming together in November of 2022, which is about 14 months away. They can see it. They know it's coming. Historically, it's coming with redistricting. It's coming. That's going to help Republicans. They think just redistricting alone. I think I read six seats, six or eight seats just by the redistricting process will probably, somebody has projected, will change simply because of that. That's enough. I believe that's enough. I have to look. It's close to enough to, to flip power on its in and of itself. When you factor that the in the the party in power is typically in a midterm election is typically positioned to lose seats in the house you can see that that is another reason the democrats are scared when you look at the laws that are being passed in certain states that make voter fraud harder even though they act like they don't uh the real reason they tell you is because of of voter suppression (laughs) there's not a there's not Someone's vote is not being suppressed in this country. We've got early voting. If you want to vote in America, you can you can vote in America. In fact, in fact, I saw did I not see in DeKalb County, I think it Georgia, seventy or seventy eight percent of all ballots uh, early ballots or I'm looking here for the headline. A huge number of ballots. Uh, did not go through the proper chain of custody. I mean, almost almost all of them. I think it was I think it was seventy eight percent. Right now, I'm, I'm I don't I don't see that pulled up. I thought I had it. 
in our stack here of stuff. I know I I know I, I uh, read it. Anyway, we'll we'll pull that up and I'll share that specifically with you. But when you factor these things in and you factor in that they're trying to clean up some of this the mess that we had in elections, you look at typical midterm elections and you see that the party in power loses seats. When you factor in redistricting something that happens every every 10 years, that will be there will be new districts for the next election in 2022. And what's going to be just just the result of that? Again, someone has uh, projected that I think it's six or eight seats will just based upon that will go Republican. So they know what's what's happening here, and so they are trying to change or project a different picture. Project a different picture. Project a different picture because the real picture, the real picture is disastrous. The real picture is a dumpster fire created by, you know, there's a difference between something happening that you didn't necessarily contribute to or, you know, um, that you're directly responsible for. Bad things happen during anybody's presidency. No president's in charge of everything that happens in America or in the world. But there are certainly things that happen at times that are the direct result of a particular leader's, in this case president's, Action or lack of action or miscalculation or just complete mismanagement, whatever you want to call it. And that is what we see all across the horizon from illegal immigration to labor shortages to, I mean, incredibly massive spending bills to what happened in Afghanistan to fill in the blank, inflation at highs for the past what decade or so 12 years i think 12 year high maybe this is the responsibility this is these things are happening all as a direct result of policies and decisions and actions implemented by team biden that's why they want to project a different picture just like biden told ghani in afghanistan hey your job is to project a different picture And I want to talk about that today because there's a difference between a leader reframing something correctly and a leader or a politician trying to get you to believe something that isn't true just because it benefits that particular person, his administration, what have you. Talking about that here, playing a soundbite from Jen Psaki as well. We'll do those things as the program unfolds. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, program is brought to you in part by our friends at Midwest Tax Group. Midwest Tax Group. I know that you know some of you may have filed tax extensions. If you have a business, those taxes I do, I believe, here the 15th of this month. Maybe you had to file for a personal extension as well. That's in October, I believe. I'm not even 100% sure on that with the way that they've changed the, um, you know, with COVID tax dates were changed for individuals. They don't, they didn't do it for businesses, but they did do it, as I understand, for individuals. Anyway, 
if you need help with that stuff, if you need some, just uh, you're looking for an accountant, you're looking, I've worked with Midwest Tax Group for a good while now, mwtaxgroup.com. I've worked with them. I'm pausing here. I I think I've worked with them, it might be 10 or 12 years now. MW, standing for Midwest, mwtaxgroup.com. Jody and his team will take care of you. They've got offices all around central Indiana, and they can meet with you, uh, meet with you in those uh, locations, mwtaxgroup.com, or call them, 317-288-5260. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the difference. Excuse me really quickly here. All right, had to readjust the microphone. I swing it out of the way during commercial breaks, and when I swung it back here, (laughs) when I swung it back, when we got back, I didn't have it at the desired height, so now it's right where it needs to be, perfectly placed, just like Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan, down to the minute, my friends, just remarkable stuff. But we were talking about leadership, leadership versus being a politician, and folks, those things are not synonymous. See, a leader says, here's a problem. We have a problem in Afghanistan. We have a problem on the southern border. We have a problem with inflation, whatever it is, whatever the problem is. And then they say, this is the course of action that we need to take. Even even if it's not popular, and they try to communicate that to the American people. They try to make the case for their position, what they think needs to be done. This is what leaders do. Of course, they listen to people. They take advice before they, you know, before they determine what course of action needs to be taken, and then they, then they make their case. Then they, you know, if you will, go out and try to sell what they're trying to, the steps that need to be taken from their perspective. They may be wrong. They may be partially right. They may be completely right. And so this is the job of a leader. And so there might be a time, especially I think back to during Trump's time in office, and I think Trump did this. I do. I think Trump did this quite well. I think Trump did what he thought was was right or tried to do what he thought was right. I also think that Trump absolutely wanted to spin it in his favor. But then again, if if what you're doing is in your mind truly the best thing, then that changes the meaning of the words. What were the words that they that I kept saying here? Uh, project a different. Uh, what did Biden say here to Ghani? You need to make sure that you project a different picture. So you might need to to try to move the narrative. You might need to say this is not the correct way of looking at it. And then from a position of arguing for truth arguing at least what you believe is the truth, readjusting or or, uh, projecting a different picture doesn't, it it just simply means, well, I think you could at that point better say, I'm trying to get you to see this for what it truly is. But that is not, hear me out, and I think this is critically important to understanding politics. I think it is critically uh, important to understanding the problems that we have and why they are so insidious in politics and in media and in culture is because all they care about is how it looks. They don't really care 
about the truth. That's why, for example, we're going on the truth tour here as we take our message to different states around the country, different stations, going and speaking and whatever else we're going to be doing here, um, actually beginning in just a couple of weeks. So why I feel that that is important, because we do want to project, I don't want a different, I guess you could say project a different picture, but not to mislead. We want to project the message of truth. We want to project a message that's rooted in truth that gets people to have maybe an aha moment or realize, my goodness, we've been so deceived and lied to for the church to realize that we've been hoodwinked here into being silent on things that are quote unquote political issues because politics has taken over every aspect of our lives. For example, the Supreme Court you may have seen um, has not uh, has basically allowed this Texas law to stand in a five to four vote um, that puts a tremendous amount of restrictions on virtual well on abortions that happen after six six weeks. And that's a, a major victory for the pro-life movement. But And those things are very, very important. They don't get talked about enough because of all this other drama and nonsense that's happening that's often being created by these politicians. But when Biden says, when Biden says you need to focus on projecting a different picture, Biden has, it has nothing to do with truth. And I'm not picking on Biden here, but I just... The context, maybe I am, I don't know. But it's not personal to me. It just, these folks need to be exposed for who they who they are, and they need to be, I mean, Biden's been in office for a half century, folks. Not president, but he's been in political power for virtually a half a century. Think about that, a half a century. This country's only 240 years old. He's been in a position of political power for almost 20% of this nation's actually probably a little bit more or right there, right at that number. 20% of this country's history. You gotta be kidding me. It's not necessary for that. That's not a healthy thing for a constitutional republic. And when it gets to the highest office, I guess he's in the land, right? The highest office of the land. What's he do? He throws gasoline on the whatever fires existed, and now we've got an out-of-control blaze dumpster fire. It's what we've got. It is inexcusable. And when he says to Ghani, and when he says to his own team, or when they have these discussions behind closed doors about his administration, and when they say we want to project a different picture of what's going on, they just want to project a picture that helps them. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what's in the best interest of the United States of America. None of that matters, first and foremost, to these folks whose job in their minds is to get reelected, number one. And in order to get reelected, I've got I've to, they've got to project a different picture than reality because of the dumpster fires they've created. So they create a different one. As long as it sticks, they don't care. They don't care if it's true. They don't care if it's based in reality. They don't care any of that. That's why they need a complicit media to go along with their nonsense and shenanigans to try to pull a fast one on the American people at every turn. But the media right now is saying, man, we can't even we can't even pretend for a moment that this isn't a disaster. And so here we are. The Democrats doing what they do, creating drama, creating 
bad political theater to try to change the narrative from what it really should be, which is the disaster of how things are in this country because of our politicians, the party in power. And this is not a pass given to the Republicans. There's plenty of blame to go there too, as far as I'm concerned. I'm just, I'm kind of sick of politicians in general. I shouldn't say kind of, I'm absolutely fed up with politicians in general. There are some exceptions, but they are few. There are few. In fact, I just read a headline this morning that talked about Republicans are going to hold Biden accountable. Prove it. You know what? Prove it. Prove it. I I mean, they're doing in a lot of sense the the same thing. They want to hold this up and say, you know, we're going to campaign on this, right? We're going to talk about how terrible this is. And it's at least it's true. But what are you going to do about it? Because candidly, I heard a lot about the Durham report. I've heard a lot about all sorts of things you've been going to do for a long time that you never have done. You've never done. And candidly, I don't believe you. I don't believe you, and I don't think America believes you either. And it's why a lot of Americans are sick. And it's, by the way, why a lot of Americans, why a lot of Americans like President Trump, because he didn't play that particular game of, of just, you know, promises that were never fulfilled, chasing political, uh, political narratives just for the advantage of getting reelected and all that sort of stuff. But really long in this segment. That's why it helps to have Oz around. But quick time out. Next segment's going to be short, so forgive me in advance. But sit tight. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I've been talking here. This is going to be a short segment um, of what's what's been going on in the White House and what's been going on in the Biden presidency. And we had a president that had been impeached twice, President Trump. And if President Trump had done this absolutely unequivocally, there would be a third impeachment trial. The articles, they would have you know, put on the solemn faces – Adam Schiff, looking like he's carrying a casket from the House of Representatives to the Senate. Nancy Pelosi would be telling us about how much she'd been praying for President Trump. All this sort of stuff would be happening again. You know it. I know it. And when you factor in some of these other things, and before I forget, I told you I would double-check this during the break, uh, two breaks ago, Um, justthenews.com, I mentioned that there had been uh, one of the things that Democrats, I think, fear are the tightening up of of elections. And I said that absentee ballots in DeKalb County, Georgia, uh, that 70% of them uh, violated chain of custody requirements. I I didn't know if it was 70 or 78%, but it's more than 70%, 70% of the ballots that were in one county, DeKalb County, uh, violated in 2020 the chain of custody ballots. Anyway, just wanted to make sure that we went back and, and covered that. But when you factor in other things as well, for example, for example, that Listen to this headline in, in the Washington Free Beacon, freebeacon.com. Headline, Biden waived congressional mandate for report on Afghanistan withdrawal risks. So basically, really quickly here, 
Um, It says that Biden waived a mandate in June that would have forced the Pentagon to provide a detailed report to Congress about the risks of leaving Afghanistan. Under the federal statute, the administration was barred from reducing troops in Afghanistan below 2,000 without first briefing Congress about the expected impact on U.S. counterterrorism operations and the risk to American personnel. Biden waived the mandate in June, arguing that providing this information to Congress could undermine the national security interests of the United States. You've got to be kidding me. You know what undermines the national security interests of the United States? President Biden. That's what's undermining the national security interests of the United States today, the radical left running this country. You've got to be kidding me. So when you factor this into the equation, he waived. I don't even know. Can you do this? I don't know. It's a federal statute that was passed by Congress. They said, hey, if you're going to drop troops below 2,000, we want a full report before this, you know, this body, this elected body, or at least the, one of the committees and, and, you know, in charge of these things. And we want to know what's, what's going on. We want to know the risks. No, Biden waived it. And for all I know, I don't know if, if – um, again, who knows if he has that power, maybe, maybe Nancy Pelosi okayed it. I don't know. I just know that that was done. That step was skipped and look at the results. Now I'm not saying that the democratic Congress would have done anything differently to prevent this hellhole from creating, you know, ma- magnifying or being created in Afghanistan or whatever, but, but that step was skipped. So we've got a call to the Afghani president that all Biden is focused on is political optics. We've got Biden you know, putting a waiver on requirements to, for the Pentagon to make a presentation to the Congress. We've got Biden's speech the other day telling us how wonderful this was, how, how amazing they are in getting all these people out. Of course, they're the ones that put them there in the first place. I mean, we have it absolutely ridiculous unmitigated disaster we've got republicans by the way saying they're going to hold him accountable to that i say prove it put up or shut up and we've got a poll out which we'll talk about after the break washingtonexaminer.com resign now 52 percent want biden out but fear worse under Harris. 52% of Americans want Biden to resign over Afghanistan, the situation there alone. So we'll talk about that after the break. Sit tight. Back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Program brought to you in part by Intrepid Financial, intrepidfinancial.com. Are you concerned about your investments? Intrepid is always ready to walk you through your investment strategy. They've been helping Hoosiers since 1998. Very good year indeed. Family owned and operated, Intrepid financial.com they've got a great phone number too 317-818-1776 317-818-1776 be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff show so look not a lot of time here and this is again you're you are paying the price <laughs> the, the price for Oz uh, still not being able to be down here to to throw stuff at me when I run long and 
in segments, but I mentioned here in the waning moments uh, that 52%, according to a Washington Examiner article, 52%, this is a Rasmussen Reports survey, 52% want Biden, of Americans, want Biden to resign over the Afghanistan withdrawal alone. Just 39% disagrees with that. 39% said that they don't want Biden to resign. 52% say they do. What's that bring us to? 81%? Is that right? No, 91%. Sorry. 91% of Americans have said they either wanted to resign or not. So there's another 9% out there that maybe they're asking who Biden is. I don't even know anymore. But 52% want Biden to resign over Afghanistan alone. This is Folks, this is serious. Americans know it. We're seven and a half months in. Dumpster fires have been created all over the, the, the planet now by these radicals. And, of course, Trump's blamed and everything else. I'm sure you and I talk radio will probably be blamed here in the next couple of hours or days or whatever, too. But anyway, got to take a break. What a mess. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So there we are. I mean, this is, I said I would, I don't have time to play Saki, Saki's response. She was asked, she was asked, was the president in any way pushing a false narrative? Excuse me. Was President Biden pushing a false narrative in any way in that call? That again is the call where he allegedly, according to the transcript and so forth, According to Reuters, if we want to put our faith in these folks, but he allegedly told Ghani to, hey, focus on creating a different perception or a different picture here. And she says this. She says, I'm not going to go into details of a private conversation. I'm not going to go into details of a private conversation, but what we saw over the course of the last few months was a collapse of of in leadership. And that was happening even before Ghani left the country. A collapse in leadership indeed. Pot meat kettle because we have an absolute collapse in leadership here in this country as well. Of course, it's been happening for some time and it didn't. Biden's never been ready to lead. But here we are. I've got to go. Folks, thanks for listening. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.